This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. And joining us right now, C.J. Nikowski, Bally Sports Braves analyst. Uh, he is going to be doing a lot of stuff here in uh, this season, and we're excited to talk with him. C.J., appreciate you stopping by, man. First of all, congratulations uh, on the gig, and we're looking forward to seeing you and talking with you throughout the course of the season. It feels like, C.J., that the Dodgers went all in, right, this offseason. And I keep looking at the Braves, and I I think we got a really good club. I mean, you look at what we were able to accomplish last year, and yes, we didn't win the ultimate goal, but all these guys, and I call it the core, CJ, they're all back, right? Acuna, Albies, Riley, Olsen, uh, Michael Harris, Sean Murphy, all these guys. And I just feel like we're going to have another great season, but what do you think the key to this is? Uh, Probably a couple of different things, and I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. I mean, you're right. The lineup is about the same. The difference there is trading uh, Jerry Kelnick out for Eddie Rosario, and this is a really nice ad uh, for the Braves to put him in left field. There is a ton of upside. Uh, We have seen it from him at times. But I think one of the big keys for everybody always going into a season is going to be health. And if this team stays relatively healthy, they're going to be in an unbelievable position because they are strong and they are deep in just about every facet uh, of the game. Now, having a couple of older starters and Charlie Morton at 40 years old and Chris Sale coming over from the Boston Red Sox will be 35 here pretty soon. I mean, I guess if you're looking to poke holes in, in something or be concerned, you can throw that out there. But Chris Sale finished so strong last year. He's one of the best strikeout pitchers in our game's history. Of course, Braves fans know what Charlie Morton can do. Like, it's not a real concern. Uh, but it's one of the things maybe that you keep an eye on as far as health and the production out of a couple of your older starters. But, I mean, again, every facet. Like, this bullpen is so deep, uh, and they have the backup starters that they need as well. And there's just there's no holes on paper right now in this team at all. You think Chris Sale can bounce back? Because we, we always want more arms. And I know that we, we kind of come up snake eyes against the uh, Phillies last two years, but we also need more pitching. What do you think Sale's going to have left? Yeah, he looked good at the end of the year. His velocity was back. I think that's part of the reason why Alex Anthopoulos went out and got him, and they were interested in him uh, last year as well, as multiple teams were. But the Red Sox did not trade him at the deadline last year. It probably worked out better for them because he finished the season so strong. His value was up at the end of the year. His velocity was where you wanted it to be. His calling card has always been that slider and his ability to generate swings and misses, and that pitch was on point. Uh, last year, especially at the very end of the year. So, uh, yeah, there's always that concern, I think, with health with him and you know how many starts can you get out of him. The, the good news is, is that you're taking uh, a one-time frontline starter, a guy who was consistently getting Cy Young Award votes uh, for a while, and asking him to sit in the middle or back end of your rotation. 
You're not asking to be a one or not even a two, not with Spencer Strider and Max Fried in this rotation. And so there's some potential real upside with him. I think the Braves will look at him and say, you know, we'd love to get, you know, about five innings out of every start if we can. Can we do that 25 times and be ready to go uh, in the postseason, even though he certainly has bigger goals? That would work out well. And going back to what I was talking about earlier with this bullpen, the depth that they have uh, allows them to do that with a guy like Chris Hill. We're talking with C.J. Nikowski, Bally Sports Braves analyst, pitchers and catchers report tomorrow. Take us back, man. Pitchers and catchers report. What What do you remember? What was the fun part of it, and what was the, the grind and the work part of it? Yeah, optimism uh, everywhere, right, is always a big part of it. And really, regardless of – and I've been on all different kinds of teams, good teams, bad teams, you always go into spring training really optimistic. I think for the Braves, based on everything that we have heard – uh, they're really hungry, and they're hungry to win. And I asked Spencer Strider about this at Braves Fest, and it was fair to say, and I asked Alex the same question, is it fair to say, you know, World Series or bust? And these guys are putting that on their shoulders mm. and saying absolutely uh, for us because of how good this team is. So guys are, are going in optimistic. It's good to see your buddies. It's exciting to get started. It's always been like that. Uh, certainly for all my spring trainings, there's times where you've gone in. Knowing your spot on the team, there's other times I've gone in. You've got to earn a spot on the team, so there may be a little bit of a different level of stress and competitiveness that goes on uh, during spring training. And then you start to get into the middle of spring and you just want to get the season started. I think most guys will tell you <laughs> right. it feels like spring training is too long, but the reality is, is you really do need those six weeks to get you ready uh, for the season. So it'll be good for those guys to get back together, uh, no doubt having some laughs, getting excited, and then starting to get real serious uh, once everybody has reported and once those games get started uh, to get this season underway. CJ Nikowski with us, guys. He's been doing a lot of TV, man, down in Texas with uh, FS1 as well. And now you'll be hearing it with our buddy Brandon Godden this year on the Braves broadcast on Bally. I mean, it just it seems like it's, it's such an exciting time for this team. As I said, we just came up short. The Phillies, you know, it just I don't know what the, the, the best of five uh, has just been our nemesis. It's going all the way back to like when you play for the Braves, bro. It just seems like it doesn't always it doesn't always work out the way it should. But this team on paper, I, I mean, I, I put them all over the Dodgers. We've always been more clutch than the Dodgers, even though they're, even though they're loaded with talent. Yeah, and I think you could say certainly absolutely Phillies, Dodgers, Braves are kind of the best three teams in a National League on paper. You never know what's going to happen in the postseason, right? The Braves mm-hmm. have had some really bad luck uh, with pitchers and injuries, right, leading right up to the postseason or just prior to it, pieces that haven't been there, and even Ozzy you know, a couple of years ago, guys that were not available in the postseason because you have this great team that you put together, but the reality is you're trying to stay healthy and you're trying to do the best that you possibly can uh, to then stay sharp uh, when you have that break. And there's a lot of teams that have talked about it. When you win a division now with our playoff format, you're probably getting about five days off before you play a postseason game. Good, bad, or indifferent. You get all kinds of different answers. It's good to rest up. Do you lose a little bit of that sharpness? I think that's been you know one of the things that has been out there. The Phillies are a formidable opponent. I mean, there's no two ways uh, about it, and certainly everybody understands that. In the last two years, have left a, a bad taste in everybody's mouth. But you know, the good news is you get an opportunity to set the tone uh, right from jump because the uh, Braves are going to open up in Philadelphia to start this season. Yeah, isn't that great? Right. Uh, it's our buddy C.J. Nikowski here on Dukes and Bell. C.J., as a pitcher, and you handled you handled pitchers uh, as a catcher, I, how does a guy like Spencer Strider, who is the number one on this staff, get mm-hmm. better? How does he continue to improve? We know his stuff is nasty, right? And you've seen this in your, in your career where guys have nasty stuff, but they don't necessarily improve. They don't get better as they continue to grow as players. 
So I would say this with him. He had such an amazing year last year with the 20 wins, with the strikeout record. I know that we look at an ERA and see it a little bit higher maybe, and it's still a really good ERA with 3.8 last year, but the previous year he was in the mid-twos. But there's other numbers to look at, I think, that tell a little bit of a different story and not to get too deep on the analytics side, but he even mm-hmm. pitched better than his ERA uh, last year, and a lot of that was led by his unbelievable strikeout rate. I think, first of all, he's a really impressive guy. I'm not sure how much you've heard him talk about yeah. just kind of the way that he goes about his business. He digs in as deep as anybody that I think that I've ever heard, and I haven't been around him all that much, but you pick up on it really quickly and how intuitive he is to how his body works, how his pitches play, uh, you know, what still works from a traditional standpoint, what has kind of changed with the modern pitcher. It's very fascinating to listen to him. Uh, very bright guy and, and digs really deep in what he does. Uh, I think you're always trying to get better, and there's no doubt that he is. At the same time, I think you're also trying to just maintain, you know, as good as he was. The idea of maintaining what he did a year ago is a challenge, right? The more times that hitters see you, the little bit of a better look and feel that they have. I asked him about a third pitch uh, when we, during Braves Fest. We did this pitcher's panel. I asked him about his changeup, and he said, you know, the way my body works, uh, I'm not really built to throw the changeup very often. He goes, there are other pitches uh, that I could add to my repertoire, and he was kind of being coy about it. Uh, wouldn't say exactly what they were, but almost felt like he had a couple of tricks up his sleeve, but he doesn't need them. I mean, that fastball-slider combination is really incredible. So it's just about continuing to do the work, staying on top of your game, which no doubt he does. Uh, I, I have zero concerns about you know Spencer Strider staying consistent or who knows, even finding a way to take it to another level. It is a CJ Nikowski with us, guys. You can see him on Bally Sports this year, as Carl just mentioned. Pitchers and catches report, man. Crazy. It is a long, uh, long spring training. Now, you played for like a lot of teams, brother, in the bigs, yeah. uh, in, uh, in both National League and the American League. I got a chance way back uh, to go watch your game in Japan. What was it like playing in Japan and Korea? Cause the- hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. I thought I'd never seen a crowd like that at a baseball game. Yeah, I loved it. I was blessed to be able to do it two years in each country. Uh, I always tell people, and obviously you've been there and experienced it, and even if you watch games on television, it's like international soccer. Uh, it is loud all the time, right? It's never, it never gets quiet, and it's very organized. So that made it fun. I was even going back and watching some of my old stuff, and it's been you know, 15, 16 years since I've been pitching or had pitched in Asia, and it was just kind of fun to hear the same kind of music again, and you still hear it even with today's highlights coming over from Asia. So from that standpoint – Really fun, great experience for the family. Uh, my two older kids uh, went to school over there for a little while, oh, so wow. that was really cool uh, for them at an international school, which has got you know kids from 20 different countries, uh, but a lot of them are Japanese, and they're speaking Japanese on the playground. It's just a really cool, amazing experience, and they've always talked about wanting to go back and see it again now as, as adults. I got one that uh, graduated from Georgia College and one is about to graduate from uh, UGA, so they'd love to, to be able to go uh, kind of do it again and experience it. So that part was all amazing. I will tell you that it was a little bit stressful at times because as a foreigner when you go over there mm-hmm. the expectations are incredibly high like you, you can't just be good uh, they really expect you to be great and so that was that was a little bit challenging at times but mm-hmm. uh, I got really lucky you know I played for Sadahara O was my manager wow. for those that don't know Sadahara O 868 home runs uh, the greatest home run hitter at all time and in any place at, at any time 
Uh, he's a legend. He's a national treasure over there. And I actually just busted out a letter that he had wrote me because my last year there, I was hoping to come back and I wrote him a letter and, and he wrote me one back and signed it for me and, wow. and just had some things to say, just more about baseball in general, which was kind of cool. And I just finally, you know, 15, 16 years later, put it in a frame today uh, and wanted to be able to, to hang it up. But it, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, really great experience. And I think for any player that gets over to or an opportunity to do it, you got to take it. CJ being uh, a guy that that finished your career in, in the mid two thousands, the game and this pitch clock. I'm curious to know what you think about it because as fans, we loved it. I talked to some guys yeah. in the league, and they were like, at first last year, uh, a lot of guys, hitters and pitchers that I spoke with, were like, it's a little weird because it does mm. speed you up. But then as the season went along, I think guys got adjusted to it, and I think it was good for baseball. Do you? Agreed, a hundred percent. I probably, if I was playing, I would have had, a, I would have pushed back on the idea and hated it. Uh, but now the the seat that I sit in now and watching games and understanding how important it is to keep our fans engaged and keep the games moving, it was an absolute success. So you know, we certainly have our criticisms of the commissioner, but this one in particular, I thought they nailed it and they did a really good job of getting this into the game. Players were pushing back early on, as you mentioned, and eventually you just kind of forget about it. Now the players in the minor leagues have been using it for a couple of years, mm-hmm. so that group, as they continue to come to the big leagues, it'll you know be second nature to them, and it won't be a big deal. They're actually not the pitch clock down two more seconds with runners on base. Mm. So we'll go from 20 seconds to 18 this year. Right. Um, you know, I never want things to be rushed. Never want the big moments to be rushed. And I felt like we didn't lose any of that. Didn't lose it in big games. Didn't lose it in the postseason. So uh, it was an overall success. And it, it came at a really good time because, again, it's really important for our sport uh, as we worry about our audience getting a little bit older that we're keeping the younger fans engaged and keeping them entertained. And I think we did all of those things. Right. And there is no, you know, three and a half, four hour games that are just dragging out with all that dead time uh it it worked out really well and i think for the most part players adjusted there was a couple you know alec manoa in particular up in toronto had a great year two years ago he had a a really rough year last year it seemed to affect him in a really negative way um, for the guys that like to go at a slower pace but uh, for the most part i'd say the majority of the guys made the adjustment and final question for our buddy cj now yeah everybody's a friend cj nikowski you'll see on valley sports this year can ronald improve on it Because, you know, stolen bases, we were going bananas with the argument with Mookie Betts and him. Like, well, well, why doesn't more people steal bases if the base is the size of a pizza box? I mean, can he improve on the stolen base numbers or you you feel like that's a unicorn year or, or he can do it again? Well, here's the thing. He's absolutely capable of doing it. The thing that's kind of amazing, to be honest with you, not just the number, of course, that jumps off the page to go along with the home runs, but if you think about where he hits in the lineup, in this lineup, right? So he's hitting, he's hitting leadoff, and this lineup runs incredibly deep, as we know, historic last year offensively. Generally, if you were just talking baseball strategy, you would not have your leadoff hitter with this kind of lineup stealing a lot of bases because you don't want to take the chance of him getting thrown out knowing you have all these big bats behind you. Like, you know, I think, the current thinking on the game as we saw stolen bases go down was the risk versus reward wasn't there as much as we maybe used to think. So from that standpoint, it becomes amazing to me at what he did a year ago. He's not slowing down. I don't think they're going to run him any less based on how impactful it was on this offense, uh, how impactful it was on opposing pitchers and the pressure it puts on you right away. We saw what this offense did first three innings of, of games consistently throughout the year, just opening it up against teams. And a lot of that had to do with Ronald getting on and advancing really quickly. So I don't know how much the numbers can go up. Mm. Uh, there was a really interesting article, again, if you like kind of digging in on some of the deeper stuff, which I promise I won't overdo it or try <laughs> not to during broadcast. Right. But there was an article talking about expected stats. And I don't generally like those. I won't bring them into a broadcast because we just want to know what's really happening, not what might happen, right? And so I think in this case, though, they looked at some of his numbers and said his 
his expected numbers were actually uh, even higher. Point being is that there's room for improvement, if you can believe it. Kind of getting back to your question with uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Now, whether or not we see it, we'll see. He's an MVP. You'll take that year every single year, and even a little bit less is still an amazing year. So whether or not he gets better, whether or not some of those home run and stolen base numbers go up, uh, who knows? But I can tell you this. I am excited uh, beyond belief to be able to watch him on an everyday basis. Acuna for life. That's my phrase. CJ Nikowski, we appreciate you stopping by. Whatever acoustics you have in that damn studio, keep them. (laughs) Because I got to tell you, bro, like you you sound like you're right here next to Mike and I. And I'm like, what the hell has this guy got in his room there? It's unbelievable. I'm just sitting in my office. I'm on my Comrex machine that I use for the show that I do. I have a radio show on Sirius XM. Whenever I have a chance to do a, a radio interview and use it, I try to because, like you said, it sounds like we're in the same room. Yeah, man. Good stuff. I sound like I'm at the DMV from my house. <laughs> CJ. That sounds great. <laughs> hey, man, we look forward to talking with you. Uh, we look forward to seeing you on these games and enjoying the Brave season, which is right around the corner. Pitchers and catchers report tomorrow. Thanks again, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 